Respectfully. Respectfully podcast episode 34. What's going on? This is Ori Styler. Trudge in the building. How you doing? Yeah, I'm good, man. How you doing? I'm good, thank you. We have been off for a couple of weeks. I've been on tour. The tour's been amazing. Big shout out to everybody who's come out to the tour as well. Love you lot to bits. Uh, we'll talk about the tour in just a bit. Trudge, what's been going on in your life? Oh, bro, loads of stuff. Uh, let's try and think. Uh, back in the gym. Uh, that's always a good sign. You've been, uh, wait, when you say back in the gym, yeah. doing what? Like, trying to get hench in that, innit? Oh, you're trying to get bigger, not smaller? No, no, come on now. <laughs> no, okay. No, I'm actually like, no, trying to like properly try the gym out. Um, you know, like my nutrition, I'm trying to get a bit better. Okay. Uh, what else is going on? Um, oh, there was something else as well. Oh, you know what? I put a deposit down for a tattoo as well. Wait, wait, you have to put deposits down? Yeah. How much are tattoos really? Have you not got one? I thought you had I've one. I've not got any tattoos. Have you not? Nah, no oh. tattoos. Not um, my thing. So for like a sleeve, it's about a thousand pounds. A thousand pounds for a sleeve. Pounds. Well, overall, like it's the guy who I've gone to. He does um, he does like footballers and that. Obviously, I want to make sure he's good. So yeah, if he's doing footballers, and you know, he's good. It sounds like if you're getting like repeat customers from footballers, and yeah. I reckon I get why that might be a thousand pounds if I'm honest. Yeah, but it's like um, six hundred pound a day, basically. That was his fee, but you pay like a two hundred pound deposit. Okay, and um, yeah, man. So. Might see me rocking in here one day with a tattoo, but I'll never let you. But have you got a tattoo anyway? Nah, nah, I've always wanted one. Okay. But I've, uh, I've become a new man and I've decided I want to do what's right for me. But and, uh, <laughs> okay, so what, wait, hold on. What made you switch to being a new man so you can get a tattoo? Like what? Oh, that's me printing before you. Oh, no. It's yeah, go on. Um, nah, I've always like kind of wanted one and I've never actually had like the opportunity to like, well, never had the opportunity to get one, I guess. Like okay. I've never, I've never had like a design in motion, like the design in, um, in my head. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I feel like I've actually got one now and I feel, yeah, now's the time. Okay, cool. And Plus, I don't want to get one when I'm 40 or 50. Like, I feel like now's but, the... All right, so obviously I'm around a lot of people that have tats. Yeah. Like, yeah. as you see in Shy with them, like, covered. But, yeah. like, with tats, I, I always get told, we think when you're 40, it's too late. But yeah. they go, no, you can keep getting them and getting them and getting them and you mm. can start at whatever age. I always think if you started already in your twenties and getting and started getting tied up from them, or even your yeah. your late teens, yeah. that's when you can continue to add more yeah, tats sure. to your body in your forties. Yeah. But starting at like forty seems mad. If no, that no, makes sense, I agree. No, hundred percent, and that's why I'm kind of like you know I'm thirty two, so uh. I feel like I'm probably I'd say this is probably the last few years. I think it's acceptable to be doing it to I start. Yeah, to start. Okay. I'd say. Um, but like, I don't know, man. I, I feel I feel happy with the decision, don't get me wrong, but I feel like, you know, uh I kinda wish I did it earlier in my life though. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Yeah. And what are you get what are you getting? So basically, uh it's I'm gonna get the cover of like one of my favorite games of my arm. Which one? Broken Sword. Oh yeah, I remember you saying Yeah, man. Yeah. Sick designs and that game and that, but I'm gonna like pick out some things I like, kinda like niche in it. But okay. I, I'm tired of seeing these guys walk around with tats. I've got lines and clocks and all that. Sorry, but like I like a little bit of something so unique in it. So I saw a um there was a a guy I saw in Manchester. Yeah. Uh he came up to me after one of the shows that I did and he showed me his tattoo on his arm. Oh, well right. no, he didn't show me, he came to speak to me, but I saw like a piece of the arm and I asked him, Yo, let me see that tattoo. And he pulled his sleeve up, his um clothes sleeve, and he had a tattoo sleeve and it was like a whole um Vegeta on from Dragon Ball Z on, oh, his, on his arm, right? Okay. And on his leg, yeah. he was like, Yeah, I've got more, and he showed me more. It was all like games or um, like either video games or anime or characters, he had 
Now, I'm not a WOW World of Warcraft fan, yeah, yeah. but I appreciate the love for it because there are things that I love that deep, like Star Trek. Yeah. He had um, like a map and characters from World of Warcraft on his leg. I looked at it and I said, you know, and it looked really good on him. I looked at it and I said, that tattoo's sick and so is this. What happens when you get to an age where <laughs> you're like 50 or 60? Yeah. Now, I don't think I'll grow out of gaming because I'm already 36 and yeah. I still play gaming like I'd started when I was four. Yeah. I ain't going to grow out of gaming. But what there are games that I used to play that I grew out of. What yeah. happens if you grow out of maybe the stuff that you used to enjoy? Is yeah. it like a tapestry of what your life was? Mm. And like you're looking at, well, I used to love this and... No, let me take that back. I'll tell you why. Streets of Rage is yeah. one of the, is one of my favorite game franchises from Streets of Rage one and two. Three, three is what three is, and four is what <laughs> is phenomenal in terms of a game that's like twenty years later. Yeah, four's fantastic. Yeah, but I, if you if I got a tattoo from my teens of Axel of Skate of Adam of Blaze, wouldn't get Max. <laughs> <laughs> If I got a tattoo with them on my arm and I got to this age now, yeah. I'd appreciate it now still. If I think it's like art from like yeah. when I was a kid, I love this. When yeah. I was a teen, I did this. Yeah. I yeah. spent this amount of time doing that. So I get that from that aspect. Mm. So you're going to get Broken Sword. But when's the last yeah. time you played Broken Swords? Bro, I play that game yearly. Like, I ain't even ashamed to admit that. Like that is actually... It's On PS2? No, nah, it's a PC game. It's a point and click. It's like one of those old... Oh, I'm getting the wrong game in my head. Sorry, no, no, no. It's funny though, because when we had Mick on the show, like I think he mentioned like when we had like a break or something, he said, oh, do you remember that game, Broken Sword? I'm thinking, wait, that's crazy because no one knows no that No one game. knows it, yeah. It's so niche to me. Like, So if anyone like knows it, instantly I have like a massive rapport with them. Like, okay. Like, oh, mad. Um, it's like an old school 90s point and click adventure, which is kind of niche in itself. So yeah. there's a bit of a community for that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, it, but it's one of those like, you know, I know the puzzles, I know the answers, I know all that, but it's just like that music and everything, bro. It's like fair enough. It's a great game, my favorite. I, I highly recommend. I wouldn't get. I don't think I get artwork from someone's face mm. on my body. I don't. Something about that that yeah. I don't like. No, I agree with that. So, but you, how can you agree? You're getting a tattoo of some character. No, no, not like artwork on someone's face though, like that. No, I, no, I mean, I mean, even the characters that can. Oh right, okay. Like anything with a face, I'm not. I, I mm. don't know if I, if I was to ever get a tattoo. No. Yeah. But messages that I like, like words or like a really nice, um, like, like a, phrase, a phrase, but done in a really artistic way. Mm, yeah. I like that. Like if something, or even like artwork of like a scenery or a background or something, which was maybe a silhouette of somebody mm. or a hand or something, but actual face, I don't know. Nah. I'm sure. not saying I'm against it fully, but it's, I'd have to look into it how I feel about that. Cause sometimes I look at tattoos, like my face, like I said, is on my brother's back, but he's got all of his siblings on his on his back. Right, okay. So he's got, um, I can't remember the, the Latin or the Greek. Yeah. It's like, and I'm asking someone like that. I can't remember, but I don't, I'm not gonna try and <laughs> try and remember, but he's got my face in one of the letters but it's not just mine. It's like he's got his mum, he's got our dad, mm. he's got his siblings as well. Um, he's got a batch of stuff on him, but it's all, and it's like a cityscape as well. It's a big piece of artwork on his back. It sounds pretty sick, actually. No, it is. Yeah. But because obviously we live in a cold country, I haven't seen that tattoo in years face yeah. to face. Yeah, yeah. And like, unless we go on holiday or something, which I haven't been on holiday with him for a few years yeah. in a hot country, I am. I haven't seen the whole back. It's That's mainly for like, when he's in his household, him yeah. and his missus, that kind of stuff. I respect it. But like, I, I think what I have 
what I'd be worried about is, you know, someone's face, for example. Like, I would love, obviously, you would like to get, like, your, your dead grandparents or something like that on mine. But yeah. I think, like, oh, nah, I don't know, man. I always get a bit worried. Like, the face might come out a bit mad and then, you know, yeah, yeah. you're kind of stuck with that. Like, But, like, a, something like a game or something, I feel like it's... I mean, yeah, I know it's ink on your skin, but like, to me, that ain't that, that ain't that deep. Like, I don't think. No, don't get me wrong. I'm not criticizing you. I think I've just how I feel about yeah, yeah. faces. No, if I that know. makes sense. Yeah. Um, it's like when you you know, like, have you ever put up a picture uh -huh. of someone and it's their face, like on a wall? Yeah. And they're looking into the camera, yeah, and you yeah. almost feel like that person can see you. Yeah. <laughs> it's that kind of feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I've been places where <laughs> I've I've seen something that's been designed in like a picture. Yeah. Or a picture that's been taken, and they're smiling to the camera. But or they're looking straight to you in the camera. Yeah. Like them like it could be a photo shoot and it looks nice, but you put it up. And <laughs> I could be on that side of the room because they're looking at the camera. Yeah. The wherever you are looking at the picture, yeah. it looks like they're looking at you. <laughs> and that can freak me out sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I used to have a 50 cent poster that did that. It was one of those holographic ones and he used to aim a gun at you, like whichever way you look. Yeah, at. see, that's all mad. Why am I gonna get him <laughs> aiming a gun at me as well as looking in my face? So I feel like I am actually the victim, the yeah. target of this. <laughs> so that, I think that's all it is for me. I don't, I'm not against it. I just have to have a think about yeah. like what I would do if I was to. But actually, I probably won't ever get a tattoo. Would you not? Nah, I had, I did, um, when I did that Deep Fake Neighbor Awards when I was uh, playing Idris, mm -hmm. and he's got hand tattoos and stuff in real life. What, Idris? Yeah. Has he? Google it. Idris has got tattoos. Yeah, Idris has got tats. But he's got like a hand tattoo. Oh, right, okay. The, he's got a few, but yeah. the one that I had to get was a version of his hand tattoo, but it was a rose on the hand. Oh, like I see. for the because the character I played was Idris if he was a gardener. So oh. yeah, look. That's his hand, yeah? Yeah. I don't know what that tattoo is. Twelve tattoos and he's got twelve. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alright, he's got one there. That's it. That's so he's got a star in his hand. Oh the the Ghana star. The Ghana star, yeah, the uh, the black star of Ghana, because he's half Ghanaian. Yeah. Right? So I got instead of a star it was a rose mm. just like that. But we put it as a um, like a play on his character yeah. because in the program in Deep Fake Neighbor Wars, I played him if he was a gardener. Oh, right. so that's where that came nice. from. So yeah, but when I had that rose, I won't lie, I liked it. It did look good. Yeah, like I took a picture of of, of, of like me on set and I sent it to my mum just like this, <laughs> so she could see the the rose. Yeah. My mum lost her mind. Oh, really? She ain't on the tattoo thing. Oh, so when no. I showed her that, she called me straight away and said, I know you didn't get one. <laughs> I just know you didn't. I know I, like, I'm, I'm in my 30s at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, Uri, I know, hear what I'm saying. I know that you didn't get a tattoo because if you did, I would be highly disappointed. Yeah. And I think that's part of the reason why I won't get one. Not because, not one because of like, what I was raised to believe in church. Mm. But I forget that for a second because some people believe tattoos are right even if you go to church. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to say what's right or wrong or just what I've been raised on. But on top of that, it's that feeling of disappointing my mum if I was to get one. Mm. That feeling, which even in my 30s, I should really drop. Yeah. Like, you see what I'm saying? Mm. I should really drop that. A lot of stuff I ain't done because I've been thinking, oh, my mum going to be disappointed by that. <laughs> tattoos is one of them. Yeah. Right, having children outside a wedlock all of that is another one and... <laughs> yeah, man. It's all that. Come on, there's loads of them, man. There's loads of them. Ideally, it's not just children. It's having sex outside the window, yeah. but <laughs> but <laughs> but <laughs> but there's no evidence afterwards no. unless you have a child. Which ah, oh, here we go. <laughs> so yeah, that's why I think it's been like um one of those things I just never really got into. But I did like the tattoo, the fake tattoo on my hand. Yeah, because yeah, I got yeah. big hands as well. Yeah. It just looked 
like you see what I'm saying I got obviously boxer hands because of the whip for them so it just had that I was just banging bro yeah. it did look good now uh, sorry quick question uh, yeah you know obviously you said like you worried like you'd be disappointing your mom and get a tattoo and that like I wonder like I always feel I, I felt that way like but I feel like if I got something that would appease my mom yeah it might might soften the blow a bit like here's the one so I'm like, I love you, mum, or something. Yeah, you know, yeah. something like that. Would she appreciate it? like something like that? My mum, no. Yeah. Oh, right. Oh, so. she would see it as a tattoo. Oh, okay, fair. <laughs> She'd see it as a tattoo, right? But I've, I had this thing, and I think many people could follow this, right? Yeah. Once you bought your own house or got your own space, mm. right? Or once you started your own family and you're raising them, mm-hmm. parents can't tell you what to do. Yeah, that's true. They feel they can, mm-hmm. and they sh- but they should also know once that happens. There are things they can advise, but they cannot tell you what to do. Yeah. Like, this is what you should do. Mm. You kind of can't. I've already gotten to the point where I'm now responsible for somebody else. So, in that, or I'm responsible for something as big as what you are responsible for. If I've lived in my life where I'm able to keep my house paid, um, I'm able to keep my kids raised, I'm doing well by them. But then I also decide to do something as small as get a tattoo, yeah. which is not going to affect our relationship you can't really tell me nothing yeah that's fair. but let a parent plant a seed long enough in you it don't matter if you breathe incorrectly or you drink the wrong kind of water right i got family members that because their parents said you can't do it it's bad if you do it yeah. won't eat prawn cocktail chip like crisps really yeah they uh, jamaican oh. <laughs> culture caribbean culture in general a lot of them said prawn cocktail is is like eating <laughs> eating a girl's don't oh, ask me where that comes from. Wow. Oh Brother, I have no idea. Listen, <laughs> you, I won't say the comedian, some of the elders I was around. Yeah. We was doing a show and I was the youngest cat on the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and one, there was like a big like packet, packets of crisps in the back, just snacks and stuff, drinks and crisps. Yeah. I went and got the prawn cocktail one. These three elders start looking at me and busting Joe. Uh, yes, he already eat the prawn cocktail crisp. I'm like, yeah, it's because it's nice. Uh, is that you, Ori? I'm, <laughs> what's wrong with prawn cocktail crisp? Is that what you're eating, yeah? Oh, so they get, uh, that's why, no wonder you're doing all right with the ladies. What has, what has potato chips got to do with doing all right with the ladies? You see them flavors there, Ori? Fire for them flavors. Fight. And I couldn't understand it. It's because a lot of them in their mind, it's, yeah. I have no idea, eating prawns mm. and eating girls. Yeah, yeah. Lord knows where that came from, but there are some elder heads that think that way. So I know some people my age, because their parents were very much, don't do that can't eat this we'll yeah. be like i'm not on it and i'm thinking you're mad because prawn cocktail crisps are nice <laughs> they're nice no, plus it's the pink packet oh yeah yeah, that's true yeah i, I don't know man my all right so <laughs> i don't care if he hears this my dad yeah uh i remember when I, I bought him something from zara or took him to zara one time yeah he for year this was when i was in my uh, late 20s uh-huh. or mid 20s i was talking to one in bread cross he for years was like, I'm never going in Zara. Right. I said, why? And he goes, you see, the, the way the styling of the clothes, remember, they were very much, remember the generation he comes from, he looks at the Zara clothes back then, it'll be like, them clothes are for ladies and for gal, it's called Zara, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So he'd be like, I ain't, I ain't going in there. I said, dad, look, just come in here, come look at the men's section. Now my dad is a lot more trim than me. I'm Bigger than he is, right? Yeah. I'm like the chunky one of my family. Everybody, everybody else, slim. So Zara clothes is fit for them. It don't fit for me <laughs> at all. The bottoms can barely fit. I put, I've tried on the, the largest they have and torn it, put, putting my leg through stuff, right? But it fits for him. 
Yeah. You know them nice long jackets that he gets and that you can get from Zara? Yeah, yeah. Fit for him. He goes in there one time. He's on some, nah, man, fire for all of this, blood. <laughs> Bun all of this kind of typical older Jamaican man, yeah? The man see one jacket and try it on. He was like, wait a minute. This is all right, you know? Wait a second. Wait a sec. This is... The man flicked the tails like he was um, in the Matrix, blood. Man flicked the tails like this. And then he, he bust off the, he, man flick off the jacket like in Bison, you know, and then get to a mirror and start looking around at next things and so on. Now he's got a couple of jackets and a couple of nice little hoodies and stuff like that from Zara because it fits him good. He's yeah. in fantastic shape. Yeah, yeah. And he's quite small and trim. Mm. So he it fits him good because that's who they're built for. But for a long time, in his mind, Zara's a girl shop. So mm. when they do stuff like a woman's shop with a man section, he's like, that ain't for us. That's what he's thinking. Typical mindsets. So some people will take that from their parents and go, I ain't going to Zara. No, that's fair. I get it. I get it. Well, I wear a perfume from Zara. Like, and I don't really shout from the roof. That's going too far. Yeah, that's that's mad. <laughs> Why do you do that? I'm it's busting true. a joke. I'm like, yeah, that's going too far. To, and then you, and you go, yeah, yeah, it's true. Stop agreeing with me on everything. Stop. I've, listen, I've had this conversation with you off podcast. We, Your friends have had this convo with you off podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? You... Do I, am I scaring you into agreeing with me? Yes. No, 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 no. Stop, don't agree with me. I, uh, Unless a, you do. Yeah, no, I have a, a thing where I feel like, yeah, no, you're so right. And then I think, wait a minute, I do that. <laughs> bro, I am, uh, bro, I'm not right all the time. I'm right. Yes, I debate on things that I believe I'm right on, but mm. I still can be wrong. Mm. Right? Yeah. You, if you don't agree with something with yeah, me, yeah. Don't just fold. Brother, Bro, fight I, me. No, no way. Because I slowly, well, this is it. I So this perfume I wear from Zara. Yeah, that's it. I'm going to admit this. So uh, I, I don't shout about it. Like, it's not something I'm, I'm proud of. But like, basically, this guy I work with, like, came in smelling well fresh once. And I was like, oh, that's nice. What, yeah. what is that? And he goes, oh, it's, it's perfume. And I'm like, what? And it, no, seriously, like there's a big like, whoa, you can't, you can't be wearing perfume, bro. That's a bit crazy, no? And he goes, no, no, I got it from Zara, but like, just don't tell anyone. Like, All right, cool. Wait, is it Zara men or the Zara women's? No, it's Zara women's. It's proper like, okay. it's, women, it's women's perfume. Like, that's what I mean. Oh, like, so, okay. <laughs> so now you might understand what I'm trying to say. Oh, here, I hear but, you. But if you like it, you like it. Let me think, is that, what things do I like that other people commonly would look at me and think is mad? Mm. What things do I like that other people think that when I like it, they look at me sideways? Mm. A lot of people laugh. I put mayonnaise on every anything. Oh, I hate mayonnaise. They say I can fight you on. I hate mayonnaise. Yeah. <laughs> I would die on it. It's Bro, disgusting. It's my thing. I don't know what it is. I put mayonnaise on yeah. anything, right? If I have breakfast, it's scrambled eggs with oh, a bit of. No. This is what I'm saying. Scrambled eggs That's with disgusting. a bit of toast. <laughs> Yo, mayonnaise. Vegan mayonnaise, though. Vegan mayonnaise. I, I don't mind. I have regular mayonnaise, but I know that sometimes having too much of that is a bit too much. So mm. I go for the vegan one. It tastes even just as good, if not better than the regular mayonnaise. Mm. I'll put that on anything. Scrambled eggs, blood. If I have chicken, rice, broccoli, bit of salad, mayonnaise goes with that. That's fine. Fair. Bro, I'll put mayonnaise on a sandwich with plantain in it. Ugh. Bro, I don't know what's <laughs> wrong with me. I love sauce on stuff. I don't tend to cook gravy a lot. Yeah. Because I know I'm going to put mayonnaise or sauce on, stuff, on top of stuff. People judge me for that. Especially my black brothers and sisters. Because yeah. they hit mayonnaise in general to mm. us. They're like, what? You can't even put a salad cream? No. Mayonnaise. I know it's weird. <laughs> that's my thing. I don't know why, but that's... 
what other things do I have that people look at me and think, is that you or <laughs> like, why do you do that? I mean, apart from the prawn cocktail crisps, of course. Oh no, I don't eat prawn. Uh, oh, that, that's not regular. That. That's oh, only, right. that was a one off thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hold on. No worries. Keep going. No, keep going. Yeah. I'm trying to think what else it is. Um, uh, I'm trying to think like, I, I've got a thing where I'm, oh, this dates back from flipping early, but like, I've always like a, it's not weird because I think it's quite commonly accepted, but like saying that you're actually, you love like WWE. Like I feel like people always give you like, the, like the bit of a side eye without, oh, come on, man. But no, I think a lot of people now will admit that WWE is something that they love from back in the day. Oh, for sure, yeah. And loving it now, yeah. it's, it's just comfortable because it's just a piece of enjoyment. Yeah, true. But I feel like every time I say, oh, I still watch it. And like, oh, you still watch it? Yeah, man. Like, like you watch your flipping EastEnders or whatever. Like, come on. Okay, so I, I can't watch it now. I don't like all the smash camera stuff that they do. What's that? Like, a So, you know, you know when they like do like a powerbomb mm-hmm. and the camera just goes, zoom, right in. Oh, right, yeah. I, yeah. Like, if you do, or a special move. Yeah. Do you know why? It ruins moves so much. Like yeah. a super kick. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? Or no, the Superman punch that, what's his name does? Uh, Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns. Yeah, man. Right? Roman Reigns. Bro, I've seen it without the smash cam. He doesn't touch you. Yeah. It just goes, on oh, your face. Yeah, I see it. But they do the smash cam to make it look like it connected because you're mm. discharged a bit, right? Yeah. Without yeah. the smash cam. Ugh. Where because it, it takes away from the mm. the ability for some of them to do the moves they did back in the day that to make it look real. Tombstone power driver, right? Mm. Looks so dangerous. It was <laughs> oh, if yeah. it, if you if you're any a power driver in general was mm. dangerous, right? Yeah. So tombstone power drivers when you go forward knees to the to the mat. Yeah. Power drivers when you lift someone up and then you fall backwards and sit, but your head is supposed to be like when they sit yeah. lapped here. Mm. But if you go behind, you could spike your head. Oh yeah, yeah. That's what happened to Stone Cold when he when he got uh, spiked by Owen Hart. Yeah. But those moves were so devastating. You, the, the sportsmanship and the, the athleticism came into play mm. where each guy was looking out for each other, even though they're fighting. Yeah. And then each guy had to know what they're doing mm. whilst they're fighting to protect the other person. Mm. There's a video that I saw with, um, I've seen it loads of times. Recently, I saw it. Mm. It's when everybody on SmackDown, everybody rushes the ring. Right. right? Oh, is it like one after the other? They one win? after the yeah, other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so- and, um, like what happens? Kurt Angle comes in, he yeah. angle slams someone. I can't remember who gets rolled out the ring. And then someone comes after Kurt Angle. I think it was Booker T. Oh, and then yeah. Booker T gets kicked over by Rob Van Dam. Rob Van Dam <laughs> frog splashes onto the mat. Um, I think it was yeah. Booker. And then after that happens, a uh, big show comes in. <laughs> no, Shane McMahon comes in, knocks a man on his head with yeah. the chair. Uh, and then big show comes in, punches <laughs> through the chair onto Shane McMahon. Yeah. Then Kurt Angle comes in again. Angle slams Big Show. Now, watch that video at that point. Undertaker Mm. sees where Kurt Angle's going to angle slam Big Show. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sees the chair, the metal chair on the floor. Yeah. Big Show's going to land on that sideways, right? Which you don't think on a metal chair is going to be crazy, but it can be. Remember, the mats are more cushioned and trampoline-esque. So that happens... You see Undertaker, who's taken out. He grabs the chair with his foot and he kicks it out the ring, even though he's like scrambling on the floor like mm. he's been knocked out. He kicks it out the ring. So when Kurt Angle lands, um, the angle slam on Big Show, yeah. sideways on, he hits the mat and not the chair. Oh, I see, yeah, I see. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That w- if you had smash cameras just doing the most, mm. you would miss stuff like that. 
but the ability to protect each other and still hide yeah. things like that, mm. bro, that for me was peak wrestling and peak sportsmanship and athleticism. Yeah, that they didn't have. They don't, sorry, they don't have now because it's too busy on the show business side of stuff. Mm. The moves are terrible, blood. <laughs> the moves are terrible. <laughs> nah, I've tried to catch up with it recently. Mm. Nothing beats the um, Attitude Era. Yeah, ruthless, you see what I'm saying? Ruthless Aggression was a good follow-up. Mm. After that, yeah. done. The fact they got an era called the PG Era should let you know how bad it was. Yeah, I stopped. Oh, did I even? St yeah, I did. But like, I've always like tried to keep some interest but like past yeah. few years i completely just vanished um but then obviously recent events like the rock and triple h and you know there's that big storyline at the minute with cody rose and that I'm well, like, we'll talk we'll talk we'll talk about that another yeah because yeah, like, yeah, i'm cause about it's not to, the juiciest but nah, go on. i'm about to eat up the whole pod here um but yeah no like it's things like that i was just watching like loads of clips on youtube ended up down a wormhole like flipping watching videos with, you remember maven like, yes of course he's got a youtube channel where he basically talks about like um, times where like WWE wrestlers did this or fights backstage okay. or what should have I should have done in this match. It's pretty cool because I never understood how a wrestling match actually works. Like it's just two guys going in there. What happens? Like no, it's, it's all scripted. It's all planned out. Yeah, I didn't. And they 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 communicate all the time with each other. The ref is key. I didn't realize, the, that. bro. The ref. Yeah. key the ref has to watch everything going on. Mm. Let it's not so much refereeing to keep the rules. It's yeah. so much looking to go. You hurt? Should I call it? Yeah. Are you you good? Yeah. Like, bro, they communicate all the time. Mm. Like, they'll, what they do is they have hand signals where they'll tap each other. We'll mm. save this for Patreon, but yeah, yeah, for sure. when they tap each other, mm. to let, like, if it's like one, like two taps, it's like, I'm good. Yeah. To let them know, keep going, let's go. Yeah. Because it looks like it hurt. Don't worry, I'm good. <laughs> and that's how, the, without saying, yo, yo, I'm good, because they've got to sell it and yeah, they've got to be on sure. the mat. Yeah. Someone some will just tap and go like that. Like, yeah. you're trying to reach for a person, tap twice, which means I'm, I'm good. Yeah. Right? Or if they go, or if they go, uh, something like that, that's them saying, I'm going to get up now. That's letting you know that I'll get up. Bro, the athleticism and the sportsmanship that they need to maintain, even when they are heated and hate each other in the storyline is insane. Which is why if some of them don't get along mm. um, and they messed it up for each other, Hulk Hogan and uh, Shawn Michaels. Oh yeah, with with Sean was overselling Hogan's yeah stuff, yeah, yeah. funniest thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I could just hear everyone going yawn. Yeah. So all right, what let's, let's yeah yeah let's get into. Well, that. no, before we do, tour, oh yeah, let me sorry. talk about the tour. Stuff. I was gonna say, how was the tour? How is the tour? I could, I've literally been biting my tongue since I've got here, saying I'm gonna save it for the pod. I'm gonna save it for the pod. I'm not gonna ask you how the tour was, and now I can finally ask how was the right. tour. <laughs> the tour so far has been great. We started off in. We started off in um, uh, Brighton, mm. which is funny because that's where I tend to normally start my tour anyway, Brighton. <clears throat> At Comedia, that was a small room. We did really well in there. Um, then we moved to Southampton. That was even more fun. The Attic. The Attic, yes. You been there? No, I've heard about it though. Very good venue, isn't it? It's nice. It's cool. Literally in the attic of a, of a music building. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, then we had... After the attic, we went to Coventry. Mm. Coventry was I, Coventry was a good show, in the sense of they enjoyed it. But I didn't. I don't like the setup of the theater. It was the Warwick Arts Theater, but the studio, studio theater where they had tiered seats. But the bottom seats are just on the ground, and that's the same level that you're performing in front of. Yeah. So it's almost like um, the dance studio at a high school. 
and everybody is sitting in there watching you do your dance performance. Black curtains behind you, it's in that room. Can't stand that, not a fan. I prefer comedy clubs. I prefer theatres where you are on a stage. If I'm going to have an area which is a stage, it's not a comedy club where everyone's on the same level and you've got seats that are tiered or going upwards, then give me a stage that elevates me at least higher than the first two rows. Because yeah. when they're at the same level as you, you walk out and you're literally with them. Like, imagine me performing in front of where you're sitting right now and nothing in front of you mm. and I'm performing here. I don't like that not divide. No, I get it. Because... I, I can just go and sit down or they can just go and get up. They won't, but it makes it feel awkward for those who are sitting right in the front because yeah. they're right on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had that in Coventry. Uh, we also had that in Wellingborough. Right. Right? Mm. But Wellingborough was a good show, I must admit. Very good show, but you had that. I don't like that setup, which is one thing I've requested at the Quarry Theatre at Bedford because mm -hmm. great venue, high-tiered seats. Problem is everybody that's there are right the bottom row is right on you there. I yeah. don't like that. I like having a stage. So at least when I get onto that stage, you feel the separation of me as a performer and you as an audience member. Yeah. yeah. Um, not, not a power thing, but it's more of a, uh, the dynamic that is set when you have that divide. Yeah. Puts things in place where you go, all right, here's the show. Mm. It's, it's kind like of a psychological thing. Almost, it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I go- interesting. It's like the difference between going to a cinema mm. and you sit far enough back where you can't access the screen, yeah. but it's right there, mm. or being in your house, where's your TV? Yeah, yeah, it's a yeah. different dynamic no, between I the get two. That. I get that. So we did the, um, we did Leicester. Mm -hmm. Leicester's the one that I did the video content. Yeah. Like the oh, lip sync. Oh, sick. Oh, yeah. I was going to ask you about that. That looks ridiculous. So we'll talk about that. Leicester yeah. was dope. Yeah. It was the theatre one. We sold out uh, Y Theatre. Mm -hmm. So that's been the biggest of the show so far. It's an early show. So a lot of them are like the small, like anywhere between 90 and 150s and a couple that go up to 200s and 300s, right? Yeah, yeah. That's how you tend to do the tours. You start off smaller and get bigger and bigger. The Leicester was the biggest one until well, the week coming now. We've got a, a few big ones this week. Leicester was so good. Mm. We uh, shout out to Charlie um, who came up and he filmed that content. So in the day before we set up the show, we went up and we just kept filming bits, behind the scenes stuff. Let's put that up on Patreon. Let's all the BTS stuff. We did it for several of the shows. Yeah. Come on, watch the show, have some fun. That's what we're doing behind the scenes bits. Then, um, not watch the show. So come up, come up, film the show behind the scenes bits, put that up on Patreon. Then uh, we did the show. It was Prophecy, shout out to Prophecy's birthday. Uh, then obviously Joe opens, shout out to Joe Bingham. He opens, I uh, obviously do my my hour and we give a birthday cake to Prophecy. Now at the end of oh, the show, nice. at the end of the show, we did the bit, the lip sync bit. Now what <laughs> we recorded before was us doing a lip sync when the room's empty. Mm -hmm. And then what I do is there's a transition where I walk maybe past the curtain. Mm. And then once you get past the curtain, I've changed. And everybody out there yeah. is in the audience with delights, having a wicked time. I did that a few years ago. I've done that several times. I've done it. Um, I, I've done ones at my house. 2018, I did one, mm. um, like a Christmas one. But 2018, 2018, that was dope. We did it at my house where like me and my team for a ludicrous stand-up. I loved, I, like, I loved it. We did it. It was a one take video all the way up in my house. It was mad creative. Can't use it. Now. Well, I can use it now, but um, 
there's like one or two people in the video that, yeah, Yeah, yeah. like previous relationship and stuff like that. As much as I, I'm okay to use the content. Mm -hmm. I I, I don't want to, I don't want to repost stuff from the past like that. Mm, That's fair. Um, And it was my old house, which I've moved on from too. Yeah. So I will, I I won't redo that song. It's one of my favorite (laughs) songs, but I'll keep doing stuff like that at, at as many shows as I can. Mm. But did it for years. Did it for my sh- my Green Tour show. I did it for this Leicester show. Me and Charlie said we're going to keep doing it. Anytime he's on the show, we're going to keep doing it. So I have like yeah. seven, eight, nine of them across the tour. So he's going to come up this week to do one. We're doing it in, uh, I think, Nottingham. Mm. I have a Nottingham, Nottingham, not Sheffield, yeah. Love to do it in Sheffield because we're at the lead mill. That is a bad man venue. <laughs> but... We're doing Nottingham. It's just the thing that I do. Everyone's got their like. Some people take pictures at the end of their shows. Yeah, that's yeah, great with the lights behind them. That's great. Mm-hmm. Not a problem. I think it's cool, but I kind of want more than that. I kind of no. wanted to do something where everyone goes, "Oh, that's what Ori does." Yeah, that's my thing. I, it does look like you know. Obviously, I see a lot of like comics on Instagram and that, and I straight away I saw that. I was like, "Wait, that's sick!" But it is like you know, and I'm not just saying that I'm sitting here with you, but it is like. Even if I didn't know you, I think that's fucking wicked. Like, is because you see so many comedians. Thank you. you. See so many comedians at the end of their show, they literally just take a selfie on stage, which like, is cool. I think yeah, it's yeah. dope. But no, yeah. I want to do. I'll do that. I want to do more. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, man. Get, if I was in like a big order to like a thousand seater and I did that, mm. we'll get there though. Yeah, man. So we done that. We done the why. Um, what was after the why was uh, Welling Bar, and then we did Guildford. Mm-hmm. Do you know what's interesting? Yeah. Guildford. So I'm selling merch across the tour. And the merch is great. Comfy. It's comfy. I've got, excuse me, I've got my AS logo. I've got the AS like signature stuff embroidered on clothes, on hoodies and hats and stuff. Mm. It's so good. Now, this is the interesting thing. I would have thought the more people in a room, the more going to buy merch like Leicester. Mm. But I'm starting to realize being on this tour just the nature of how much people are spending and not spending coming out oh right okay yeah leicester yeah. was probably one of the ones that bought the least amount of merch mm-hmm. guildford the most guildford people had a bit of money and it's starting to make me realize that the recession is really hitting this country mm. it's really moving up and down this country right now the recession had been announced obviously recently but it's you can see we were going down that yeah, hole yeah i went to leicester and People in Leicester were like, yo, we love it, but can't afford it. I'm like, okay, cool. Mm. We even moved the price down on some of the stuff because we thought recession's coming. We don't. It's not about making money. It's about making sure we just get the merch out to people. Went to Guildford. Guildford were like, give me that. Let me buy that. Let me buy a bundle. I did like <laughs> a bundle with bags and, and all that kind of stuff. And my tour manager's like, yo, they're really going for it here. And we were surprised because Guildford had half the amount of people in Leicester. In Leicester. Mm. So it's interesting to see where around the country is and like is active with being able to buy yeah. and do well and spending their money, not just for merch, but even to come out to buy tickets. Mm-hmm. You can yeah. see the speed of ticket sales. My fourth London show is nearly sold out. Yeah. And that's 400 seats per London show. Fourth one's nearly sold out. With the, with other seats, Reading. Reading, I assume of money. Because every time I put on a show in Reading, gone. Just gone. Yeah. But I never thought Reading would as much. But what I found out from research is there are people that have come from London that moved to Reading. 
they got more expendable cash mm. because they used to, like me, being a Londoner, yeah. moving to an area where everything's cheaper, yep. houses, rent, um, your council tax, your living costs, your insurance, mm. cheaper, so they got more expendable cash. Yeah. That's what I'm noticing. So something like Guildford is one of those places. Reading is one of those places. Anywhere which is just outside of a major city, have more money to spend on stuff than when you're inside of it. Leicester's a city. Birmingham is a city. Birmingham would do okay, I reckon. Mm. Manchester's a city. Leeds is a city. I reckon a lot of people will come from those places. Not just for, not just about buying merch, but more grateful for a good comedy show because to spend that money for like four or five people to come out costs more purely because of how expensive things are now. Yeah. So it's on me to go on that stage and go, I've got to give them a good show. Yeah, yeah. Like I'll do that in every show, but I feel like I have to give them a seriously good show because if I don't, they've spent their money, which for them is like, I can't afford to be spending this mm, yeah. on something where I leave and go, eh, because recession's hitting these people hard. Yeah. That's one thing I learned on this tour. I love doing this tour. It's been so great. Brother's hitting me. I haven't been paying for none of the shows yet. Because mm. everything I'm doing now is to make sure I pay for all the, the hotels and my team and all of that stuff. Yeah, so yeah. it's hitting me a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's hitting me. I ain't, I'm not peased up. I'm still like, not struggling, but just like, I can't be, as much as my tour's selling really nicely, yeah? people are like, yo, blood. Uh, the bag looking big for you, bro. <laughs> bro, I ain't seen nothing from it yet. Yeah, yeah. Nothing. Because I'm out here just making sure the show's good for other people. Mm. And I'm out here just going, you know what? I like I like um knowing that people have spent their money to come out. Mm. Forget what I get from that afterwards. That's the sell. Yeah. Bro, we've sold that part that, that sheet that you got there. Pass that sheet. I printed that off because that's like the tour, the sales. Thank you very much. So this is like the tour sales. I should really do this the way I did it last time when I'm boosting it up in it. So this is this sheet phenomenal. Remember that I was where I was saying to places, you're kind of slow, you're not really rating me. And like name me one of the places that I ripped into. Oh, oh no, it wasn't Cambridge, was it? No. Cambridge did well. Oh, um, it's one's up north, like Bradford. Bradford. That's bro, Bradford is sold out. Is it? Yeah, bruv. Bradford thought- is sold out. I thought, uh, and Bradford was like slow on oh, the ticket yeah. sales. I'm trying to think the other one, that one that doesn't like you. That was Bradford. Was Bath, Bath, innit? Oh, Bath and, um, it was Bath and, uh, Cardiff. Cardiff, yeah. Bath, Cardiff, uh, Edinburgh and Glasgow, right? Yeah. Edinburgh and Glasgow, we're half, we're gone past the halfway point. Bath, we're past the 60% point. No, no, yeah, we are 60% point, right? Yeah. So that's a, that's a room of 300. We were like on five, six, seven percent. It's now in the comfortable zone now. And Bath isn't until April. Nice. Right? Cardiff is um, half sold. Like, it's really picked up. I'm mm. so happy. It was, it was looking scary before. All right, let me do this right now. Yeah, let, yeah, man. Let me, do the, let me do the big, big, <laughs> so we can clip this up. All right? Ready? Right here, I've got the listings for the Orator Tour and how much is sold and how much is still yet to sell. Big shout out to everyone that came out to Brighton, Southampton, Coventry, to Leicester, to Welland Bar, and also to Guildford. We had sold out shows at all of them. You lot are amazing, but we still got some more dates of the tour to go. All right, this 
This podcast comes out on the Wednesday, the 21st of Feb, and there's a few more tickets for Sheffield on that day. After that, Nottingham sold out. Bradford sold out. Bedford sold out. Glasgow and Edinburgh. You, you st- we, look, come on. I need. We're more than halfway. You done love me a bit more than you did last time. I need you lot to love it a bit more. Get your tickets from uk. Look at this. Chelmsford, Salisbury, Manchester sold out. I think Leeds is on the last like 20 tickets. So Leeds, pick it up. Come on. Almost there. Uh, Ellsbury, Reading, uh, Birmingham, Southfield. Sold out, sold out, sold out, sold out. All the way up until we get to Cardiff, uh, which is 24th of April. Cardiff, we are past the halfway point. Thank you. It weren't looking like it was going to move, but you lot made it move. Thank you, Wales. And then we get to Bath. Bath, Booth, whatever. Bath, big up yourself. We are definitely on the way to selling out. This is April. So I've got like two months to go before these dates are even hit for us to perform at. And we are going, going, going. Thank you very much. And then we're sold out with Bristol. And we got three London dates sold out straight after that. Thank you to all the London crew. And the fourth London date is in the last 10% of tickets. You lot are amazing. That is Leicester Square Theatre. Uh, on its way to sell out four times little me little me selling out that four times thank you very much and then after that we wait hold on now here we go and then then we get to the second leg of the tour which we extended earlier on this year the second leg we extended is cambridge uh nearly sold out uh royal and durngate northampton we are nearly sold out of that one norwich i'm not gonna lie norwich is nowhere near selling out Norwich Playhouse is not, <sighs> Norwich ain't, I don't know where the marketing is going in Norwich, but we got to make sure you lot realise that we got a show going on there. Car, it's nowhere near. <laughs> we did our second show, Comedia Brighton, sold out. Crawley Theatre, more than halfway sold. Our second Reading show, sold out. So we're doing well, and that's all the way up until the end of June. Then because of popular demand, we decided, you know what we're going to do? We're going to bring the Orator Tour back around for another loop for new places and for additional places. No. Bring the Orator Tour. Listen, I'm trying to do this in one take and it ain't happening. (laughs) Bring the Orator Tour back around for the places that are sold out really, really fast and also some new places as well during October and November. So we announced that we're going back to Cambridge and Brighton, but we're also hitting that Leamington Spa. I'll be honest, I couldn't even tell you what happens in Leamington Spa, what's going on, but we are going to find out when I bring the show there. Listen, we even added Slough. Let me tell you something. You've heard me talk about Bradford. You've heard me rib on Luton a couple of times. I love you, right? Slough, I'm going to have to learn to love you because Slough has definitely been the brunt of some of my jokes many a times. And we're going to go Chester as well. Birmingham, we're back as well. Birmingham, we put on sale. And from doing the show in Birmingham, uh, sorry, but, but releasing the show in Birmingham, we already sold out of a quarter of the tickets over two days for the second show in Birmingham all the way towards the end of October. Thank you very much. Chelmsford, we're going to come hit you again. And then Bedford, we're coming back again at the Quarry Theatre. As long, we're going to make sure there's a stage there as well after what I said earlier on. Then we're going to hit Peterborough and we're going all the way to the arse end of the country, a place called Exeter. Do you know how far Exeter is? Far. Far. I did <laughs> I did Bubblehood with Baba Tunde at Exeter. Yeah. Who told me to tell them I don't need a hotel? <laughs> it took me four or five hours to drive there. I passed Stonehenge to oh, get there. Oh wow. 
Yeah, okay. I saw Stonehenge. Yeah. And then I drove back. It was far. Jeez. That same night. I could have driven to Scotland in one try and stopped about four or five times on the way in the time it took me for me to drive to and from Exeter from oh where I live. God. Yeah, it was far. Bristol, we're back again. Love the hen and chicken. You know, I love the comedy club intimate vibes. We said we're going to go back to there. Shout out to uh, York. We're coming up there to the Crescent. We're coming back to the Y Theatre at Leicester again. And uh, Belfast. I've never been to Belfast before. So we're looking forward to flying over to Northern Ireland for Belfast at the Limelight 2. We're going to Colchester Art Center in, in Colchester. Manchester. This is the beautiful thing, right? Shout out to my crew in Manchester. Manchester here this year. The Manchester show, the extended Manchester show, is on the 29th of November at Stroller Hall. 29th of November is my birthday. I might be doing something special on the 29th of November, not just for the show, but maybe a little after-party shindig vibes if the tickets sell out at Stroller Hall, right? If Stroller Hall doesn't sell out, I ain't, you ain't getting nothing from me. And then the next day is the final day of the third extended leg of the tour, which is in Maidenhead. I will be ending my tour in Maidenhead on the 30th of November, the day after my 22nd birthday. I like how you didn't interrupt me on that one as well. When I said 22nd, I was evidently lying. But yeah, man, the Orator Tour, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you come out. Tickets are available from orystyler.co.uk. We have extended it more than once. We have added so many more dates. We are now doing more than 60-odd dates for this tour. Plus, we're even going to Dubai and to New Zealand. So make sure you go on my website, orystyler.co.uk or livenation.co.uk for more information. Grab them tickets. The tour is selling out and I'm so thankful for everyone buying their tickets. Love that about you and we love the fact that you're involved in this. Appreciate you. That's my bit done. Nice. All right, let's get into some topics. All right, let's go. All right, let's start with <laughs> Bath. I still don't know how you pronounce that, by the way. What? Harry Styles. Alleged stalker sent singers 8,000 cards caught his. Is it that one? Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, I meant Bath. I meant like, how do you pronounce Bath? I, I don't actually know. Bath is in Baffled. <laughs> no, nah, the tour. You know, you you were saying that you were <laughs> you um oh bath bath oh yeah. beat yeah it's bath 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 yeah oh, right. Can bath. I tell you something quite embarrassing? Right, for years actually, yeah, for years I was saying rant. So like you know you're ranting and raving, having a rant. Yeah, yeah. I apparently yeah I got corrected on that quite embarrassingly at work. How did you how did you pick it up as rant? I don't know. I think I've just always like read it. Like, I That's don't know. Weird. I've never heard actually anyone say it. I've never heard that either, but I mean, teach your own. <laughs> Harry Styles, alleged stalker sent singer 8,000 cards caught his. All right. So Harry Styles basically had a stalker. I mean, there's too many of these people <laughs> nowadays. 8,000 cards? Like, what kind of, like, like, in less than a month, what kind of cards are we talking about? Like? Wedding cards, I believe. Handwritten letters. And what is it? I swear I saw something about wedding cards, wedding invitations, or something like that. Okay. But respectfully, <laughs> <laughs> since I say respectfully, you feel like I'm going to be disrespectful. That's the idea, isn't it? All right. <laughs> so, <laughs> Miss Carvalho. Carvalho? Valo? Yeah. Carvalho. Carvalho, yeah. okay. Did enter a plea and was remanded in custody for the case to be heard at the same court in April. Court documents show Brazilian citizen Miss Carvalho 
uh, had been staying in a backpacking hostel in Earl's Court in West London after arriving in the UK in December. So she'd been here since December, but living in a hostel. Wow. Okay. I should be write 8,000 cards and letters to... Do we have a picture of this, of this Miss Carvalho? Let's have a look. Uh, yeah, side note, it does say two were wedding cards and some of the letters had been hand-delivered. Oh, so she knows his address. I don't think it's hard to find these people's address. Nah, not at all. Not at all. Like, I'm not saying I'm ever wanting that to happen to me, nor do I ever want me to know and find is the, the addresses. All right, hold on. Bef hold on, hold on. Stop, stop. <laughs> respectfully, respectfully, respectfully. All right, <laughs> respectfully now. Is that Miss Carvalho? That the stalker. <laughs> Miss Carvalho looks like Mr. Carvalho. Hold on, I think this is another... No, nah, this is another stalker. This is... Sorry, this is the... <laughs> it oh, it's up, another stalker. This, this is, is from 2019. This is a... Let, let's get... So this is someone left scared in his home. <laughs> Harry Styles was left scared in his own home as homeless man is found guilty of stalking. You can't tell me that's a Brazilian woman. <laughs> right? Mean, that, a that's a homeless <laughs> British man, not a Brazilian woman. Nothing about that person says Brazilian or woman. Hey, I don't know. <laughs> Respectfully. <laughs> You can't tell me that that's the Brazilian person we were talking. Go find, that's not, okay. Whoever that person is, is not the stalker that we're looking for. All right, there's a few of these. There's a few of That's these. the same stalker, the, the homeless one, but who's this new one? All right, so we're going to have to put in 2023. This is, this is mad. No, no 2024. Oh my God, I forget what year we're in, the crazy. Or just put Miss Carvalho, whatever her name is. <laughs> C-A-R-V-A-L-H-O. Nah, that's not her, surely. Is that her? That is not her. Harry Styles Brazilian, scroll up. Harry Styles Brazilian stalker 35 hand delivered or sent more than 8,000 letters. Okay, so it's the same article we're talking about. Yep. Please scroll down. There's Harry. <gasps> that is not Miss Carvalho. Scroll down. Oh, Wait. parents. Oh, for God's sake, where's the actual photo of this woman? <laughs> okay, press right. That could never be. There's Harry. There's Harry. Still Harry. Right. Clearly, there's no photo of this woman, which is... <laughs> okay, there's no photo of her, but we've got a photo of her mum. Yeah. You could, again, the mum... When they said the stalker was 35 and you showed me the mum, respectfully, <laughs> I was going to I was gonna say... You know when they say black don't crack? <laughs> yeah. The reason they say that is comparing to that... We look fantastic if that <laughs> woman was 35 years old, but she's not. That's the mother of the 35 year old. So I'm going to say maybe about 50s, 50s, maybe 60s, right? But no way is that the 35 year old woman. That is the mother of the stalker. <laughs> Mate, how do you deal with a stalker? Like, I'm sure to some degree it's flattering that you know that someone wants to stalk you because of you, like their infatuated by what you do mm. to a level. Yeah. If there's level 10 as a stalker, I think you only, you enjoy it up to maybe level three or four. Yeah. yeah. Where it feels like they support you, come to your shows, buy your tickets, buy your music, buy your merch. That's that level there. Mm. When it gets into five and six, that realm is probably, and maybe tries to DM you, message yeah. you all the time yeah. and so on and so yeah. forth. Oh, crazy. Eight, nine and 10 is writing letters finding out where you live, sending them to your house. That level's too far. Even four, like the four and five, the DMing all the time, mm -hmm. is probably too far. Yeah, yeah. The one, two, three, four level maybe, I don't know, one, two, three, of they come and support you at your shows, that's fine. 
because you're not a threat to my life. Yeah. You don't know where I live or you don't try <laughs> to find out where I live. You're just spending your money on the stuff that I produce. I've never, I don't, I've never had a store car. I don't think. Touch wood. Might have one after the tour. Who knows? <laughs> nah, nah, don't say that. I rebuke that. I don't have a store car and I don't want one. I don't want one. That's not real wood. Go find some real wood to oh, touch. No, That's Ikea plasticine, whatever that it is. Shelf. That shelf is also Ikea. Mate, oh, brother. I'm touching this one. But you better touch your own, bro. Everything's <laughs> Ikea. <laughs> oh, hold on. There's a brick here. That's, that's cool. Brick. Touch brick. Okay. I think it's like a wooden brick. I don't know what actually that's. I what, on the walls? What, what is it? I don't want to lift it up. But. That. Oh, that's wood. Oh, yeah. That's sand. That's um sanding block. All right, cool. So that's like MDF wood. Sweet. <laughs> may not be real, but it's still better wood than that. But yeah. um. Don't know how you deal with a stalker. I think like after the first or second letter, you don't get a reply. I feel like you should just leave it. I once sent a letter to the Olsen twins when I was like seven and I never heard a response and I was gutted. Tried to. <laughs> you never cease to like surprise me. Oh no, I've got, I got stories for days. <laughs> you, you really don't. Okay. So you, there was something in you. How old were you? If you were double oh. digits, if no, you were double digits, no, how no. old are you? About seven or eight. I'll let you off. Yeah, I had a massive crush on Mary Kate Olsen. But like- um, But they're twins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't really care for Ashley that much though. What <laughs> What about that? Well, no, I I, I I, used to prefer what, but Tia oh, Maori rather than Tamara Maori. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I prefer Tia. But nah, I think- yeah, on. One of them had a mole, I think. Tamira is one with the mole. Yeah, I like to prefer that. You prefer Tamira? <laughs> yes. I prefer Tia because in the program, Sister Sister Tamira was always the wacky one and yeah. Tia was the more calm, chilled one. Yeah, yeah. And I want to deal with wacky. <laughs> Plus Tia's mum yeah. was the one that Jackie Henry or Jackie Harvey, I can't remember her name. Yeah. But she played Lisa. Yeah. She played and Ray was Tamira's dad. Yeah. So Ray was the straight cut one. Lisa was a crazy one. But Lisa's adopted daughter was Tia, and Tia was the straight cut one. Yeah. Ray's adopted daughter was Tamira, and she was the mad one. Oh, uh, yeah. And Roger was a stalker. <laughs> Roger was the stalker. Yeah, yeah. People used to say that I look like Roger from Sister Sister, Marcus Houston. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't, <laughs> Marcus don't. Houston, yeah. No, don't oh, do that. I no. don't. No, stop. Not now. My face shape is different. But when I was younger and I had a long face, yeah. who said I look like him? Nice. No. I used to look like the stalker in Sister Sister. <laughs> well, when you break it down like that, yeah. But I mean. Not not Marcus Houston from Immature, <laughs> but the stalker from Sister Sister. That was the difference. Do you understand? Yeah. So, yeah. I see. I Plus, see. especially now knowing what Marcus Houston uh, gets up to, I don't want to be... Oh, no. Can I just take a guess? Let me guess. He's like some OnlyFans guy now. No, no, no. Oh, I don't want Let me be very careful. Right? <laughs> There's been questions to his relationship. He's like a lot older than his missus. Oh, okay. Old enough that when they got together or first met, she might have been just. Yeah. Oh, one of them. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. I that Allegedly, because I don't know the, the facts, but he's married, he's got kids with her. Yeah. Maybe they be, they've happily ever after. But yo, I feel like when you're in your 40s, <laughs> When you're in your 40s, someone who's just turned 21. Oh, that's. I'm not on it. As to, nah. Nah. I'm the younger one in mine. So, mm. like, and I'm 30 something. Yeah. So, nah, bruv. I'm not, <laughs> not on it. All right. All right. Let's not talk right, about Marcus look. Houston. I'll give my real opinion where there's a paywall <laughs> that protects me a bit more. <laughs> yeah. Allegedly. All right. Let's, let's go with. Uh, 
Wait, where's the BAFTAs stuff? Oh, the BAFTAs, yeah. Yeah, why, yeah, are, you, yeah. Why, why are we not going to talk about the BAFTAs? That's oh, one of the yeah. biggest things that happened recently. Yeah, let's right, go BAFTAs. All right, BAFTAs. Uh, some big wins at the BAFTAs, the British Association of Film and Television Awards. Is that correct? That is correct. Oh, well done. I remembered it. The BAFTAs. <laughs> Love it. There was a lot of Americans at the BAFTAs this year. Oh, was there? Oh, yeah. Who was it? Um, oh, Robert the- Downey Jr. was there. Yes. RDJ. Oh, did you, yes. Uh, who's the guy? Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox, yes, of course. Um, right, where's the, Let's scroll down. Let's go. I don't want to see. We all know Oppenheimer was going to be a big yeah. win for British people. Oh, yeah, it was a uh, big win. <laughs> all right, let's see. Best film, uh, Oppenheimer. Winner, of course it was. Outstanding British film, uh, The Zone of Interest. Let me see the other ones. They had Rylane in there. They had How to Have Sex, Napoleon, oh, Napoleon was in was there. there. Oh. Saltburn. What was it about? I never watched it. I didn't get it. But everyone was talking about how dark it was. Yeah, it's 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 dark. It's got some mad scenes in it. Like, I dare not even talk Who, about it. Who's in it? Know. Oh, Barry Keoghan. Keegan. Oh, Ke- Keoghan. Ke- yeah, the Irish guy. Yeah, yeah. Great actor. Yeah, some mad scenes in it. Though, man. He, he's like, to me, I'm going to put him with, um, you know when, who was young that when they came into the scene as an actor was like phenomenal. Um mm. Colin Farrell. Yeah. Who's my guy who was in um, X-Men as Professor X, who's in Split? Oh, oh, James McAvoy. James McAvoy. Yeah. When, like, when he came into, he was in Wanted, he was young. Yeah. But he still bodied that role. Mm. Bit of a cheesy film. But yeah. some of these young British actors that when they come in, you know they're set for life with that Michael Fassbender. Yeah. Set for, like, in his 20s, set oh, for yeah. life as an actor. Yeah. Because of how good they were. Or good they are, rather. That's how good an actor these people are. He's in that field for me. Yeah. So anything he touches, he's so good at embodying a good role and the roles in them. Um, outstanding debut by a British writer. Okay. With all respect. Uh, I don't care about none of those books. <laughs> uh, none of those. None of those. Nah, it's not just writer, it's director as well. Um, Earth Mama. Okay. Best film not in, in, in the English language. Okay. I didn't even know that was an award. Nah. Best documentary, 20 Days in Maripol. In Maripol. Oh, Michael J. Fox's thing didn't even win it. Oh, okay. No. I thought he... Nah, oh. he got nominated. Oh, I see. Okay. That's why he came over. Best animated film. All right. This I was not happy about. The Boy oh, and the Heron. Wow. Can you see what it went up against? Yeah, I didn't even Best know. animated film, The Boy and the Heron. Chicken Run, Dawn of the Nugget. Nah. Elemental was not all that. Elemental was good, and I love a Pixar movie. Was that what? That, oh wait, Elemental. Water and the and the Water Guy and the and the Fire Girl. Oh, I never saw it. It was all right. Yeah, and they were like relationship and try or they like trying to become friends and parents were like it was like a Romeo and Juliet beef of the family because they're from two different. Oh, it's one. It, Pixar always have a message behind their thing, and it was yeah. we're all from different places, but why can't we all get along? If because our cultures are different. But you, how, I didn't, bro, Boy in the Heron, let me see what the Rotten Tomatoes review for that was, right? With all respect, Boy in the Heron? Boy in the Heron, yeah. You copied Link. Uh, I don't know why I did that. I've, yeah. Boy in the Heron, what was the Rotten Tomatoes for that? Oh, okay, what, is it an anime, yeah? Anime, okay. I need to watch it. Oh, uh, you know what? Oh, I heard about this, actually. <laughs> My opinion drastically changed when I found out it was an anime. Oh, is it? Yeah, I literally nah, thought... Uh, it's gonna be bro, 
The boy and the heron mm. was in the same category as Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. Mm. I'm not going to lie to you. You have to, I'm a bit biased because obviously it's Spider-Man. Yeah. But you have to do a hell of a lot to be able to turn my head and say that that film shouldn't have won best animated in any category it got nominated in. Because yeah. across the spot. But let me say this. I hadn't seen The Boy and the Heron, so I do need to watch it. Mm-hmm. But Across the Spider-Verse was magnificent. No, I agree. I agree. Magnificent. Like, you just think this has got to be some on, mad, some, on some mad level to... Bro, the... The, the the things they managed to do in Across the Spider-Verse mm. had the young kid that created the Lego Spider-Verse had the um had the wait is that the cast for the boy yeah, and I've just that's the most random thing I've ever seen Christian Bale this can't be right Dave Batista William, William Dafoe alright I might have to take this back you know <laughs> yeah, I might have to rewind selector because that I didn't weren't expecting alright let's go back to the BAFTAs for a sec Yo, Boy in the Heron, is it out? It must be out now to, to watch and buy or whatever. Yeah, where? I don't know. Best director, Christopher Nolan. If it isn't Christopher Nolan, I don't know who won that. See, look, Nolan, Oppenheimer, yeah. I knew. Yeah. We've, even with all the other people that are there. Oh, Bradley Cooper. Maestro, yeah. Oh, crazy. All right, well, I'm out of touch here. Yeah, but no, you can't have best film, mm. Oppenheimer, and Nolan be nominated and not get best director. Yeah, it's yeah. just not going to happen. <laughs> um, best original screenplay, Anatomy of a Fool. Oh, Barbie lost again. <laughs> How do you feel about Barbie losing? Be honest. I don't care. <laughs> That's my truth, honestly. Bro, opinion. I'm loving it, and I'll tell you why. Yeah. The amount of people that like Barbie should have won. Yeah. And then complaining that Barbie didn't win because uh, because it talks about the industry and just how it should have been. Mm. Mate, take take Barbie mm. as a film without the messaging to bolster the film to then muscle award ceremony to go well you heard our message and you said this film was good boom vote for us mm. take that out of it barbie is a good film yeah but is it one that should win because of how deep the messaging was no nah. it, nah, it nah. weren't i'm sorry nah. it weren't that barbie fans i'm sorry i'm not, it's not even about it being <laughs> about it being like a, a misogynistic thing at all respectfully it's not barbie you put barbie as a film against oppenheimer as a film it's not even close Oppenheimer, the emotion that that film brought to people, watching this man create a device that were that took out millions of lives and have the conflict. Nah, I'm sorry, against Barbie. Where here the joke, the best thing about the Barbie movie was Ken. Yeah, <laughs> was was think Ryan Gosling's Ken. <laughs> no, and I mean that with love and respect. Yeah, right. Margot Robbie killed it. And mm. so many other people who were in there. So many great cameos as well. Kingsley ben, uh, Benadir. Ke sorry, Kingsley Benadir was in there. Mm. My, Sarah was in there. Michael Sarah. There was... Um, Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell was in there. What's the girl... Oh, I can't forget her name. And Just top of my tongue. I can't remember. There were so many great cameos in there mm. that made the Barbie universe with Ken yeah. seem so like dope and had dimensions. Mm. But take away the messaging... Because it went too heavy on the messaging, which almost felt like Oscar and BAFTA bait. Yeah, yeah. Take away the messaging and just focus on the quality of the film. Mm. If you did that with Oppenheimer, take away the messaging yeah. and the emotion that because of it being a real life story, just take the quality of the film and the build up and then the conclusion, mm. Barbie gets washed. 
No, I agree. Barbie I, gets washed. I could have said something a little bit. I don't know if I should save this for the Patreon, but I'm gonna say it. I feel like if Barbie was made in like the nineties, I I'm not the doll. I mean, you know the film. I don't think it would have got the plaudits it, it did. It definitely wouldn't have because we weren't I mean, and that's a testament to the to the industry we're in now. Mm. Barbie in the nineties would have been too much of a heavy handed message mm. that about feminism, about um equality about mm. uh the rights of women to be respected mm. um as equal or in some cases better than men when it comes to particular fields yeah about the gays uh, like i say gays not g-a-y-s i'm talking about g-a-z-e <laughs> yeah right the gays of the the male gays and hypersexuality mm. hypersexualizing women and then discrediting them yeah because of the fact that they are just this shell of beauty as opposed to being that with everything that's within inside them that make them who they are. Mm. The the messaging of this female dominated world where she comes out and goes into a male dominated world. And then you have the Kens trying to bring back all of that to this female dominant. Like all of that is too early for the nineties. Yeah. Way no. too early for the nineties. Right. So yeah. Cause back in the nineties, we were still selling advert with the male gaze. Again, G-A-Z-E, not G-A-Y-S, <laughs> right? We were selling adverts about like, there'll be adverts of a woman walking down the street smelling great or looking great. Mm. And then builders are taking off their hat like, what, love, how you doing, darling? Yeah. And she's like, hey. Whereas now it's don't talk to me that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even the Coca-Cola advert mm. with the with the woman gazing over the man mm. who, I don't want you oh, to be yeah. no slave. Yeah. Do, 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 do. Remember that one? Yeah, yeah, remember it. Yeah, and it was all about hypersexualizing the man just and bringing these women down to just being these submissive to mm. a man's body. Yeah, we're, we're past that now. So yeah, back we we now it works. Back then, no, and even now, mm. in the year that Oppenheimer came out, Barbie also bounced off of the marketing for Oppenheimer, and Oppenheimer yeah. bounced off the market for Barbie. But take all that away, which was a better oh, film. Oppenheimer all day. Thank you. Every day. Honestly, I've seen right. that film three times now. Like, <laughs> it's a long film to watch three times. I oh, know that's nine hours of my life. Almost. Yeah, man, it's crazy. I it, I have to watch it in sections. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I feel that. I feel that. I love a Nolan film, mm. but I can't watch all of them top to bottom in the cinema because uh, yeah. I miss stuff. But if I watch it at home, mm -hmm. I can. I love rewinding bits. I'm oh, like, really? wait, did that happen? Let yeah. me see that again. I'm the opposite. I'm the, like, if I watch it at home, I feel like I miss stuff. If I watch it in the cinema, You're I'm like, I'm engaged. I did not, that with um, Inception. I, I watched it at home. I thought my, it was, one of my favorite Nolan terrible. film. Yeah, so good. But I didn't realize, I didn't really appreciate it until it came out again in the cinema and I went and watched it. And I was like, oh, my God, oh, is it? Best film I ever saw. I watched it on DVD when it first came out. I was like, this is, I don't get it. And then like cinema <laughs> release. Oh, and I, I was the other way where I saw it in cinema mm -hmm. and I was like, a lot's going on and I want to be able to understand everything about this yeah. world building. Uh -huh. the, uh, the, Nolan's films have always got a very simple reason for the premise, mm. but the premise is the hard thing to understand. Yeah. Like the premise of being able to manipulate dreams mm -hmm. and plant ideas in people's mind, that's inception. The reason for the premise is, if you remember, mm. um, uh, Zaito wanted to take another man's company mm. and the way he wanted him to do it is by the guy diffusing the company into subsections mm. in the stock market so Zaito could just buy them up. Mm. Zaito, I think his name was, yeah, could just buy them up. Yeah. So basically one company wants to eat up the other company. 
but through how the premise is the world is. I mean, mm. if you think of, give me another uh, film. Um, what's the one? Uh, Interstellar. Yeah, Inter that. Right? Yeah. Interstellar is a beautiful film. Probably huh? Probably one of my favorites. Probably top three. Over Inception? Yeah. Oh, no. Inception, Interstellar. I can't, can't choose. Nah, for me, it's, in, it's Inception. Yeah, I don't DiCaprio. know. DiCaprio. True. All right. So, Interstellar. Mm. World is going through famine. We have to now find somewhere else to live. Mm. Right? That's the premise. Yeah. Or the reason for the premise. The premise is now, how do we fly through the wormhole the not the the, the the of a of a black a star of a of a star's whatever it's called the science behind all of that mm. is like the the whole beauty of interstellar oh like space time continuum i think it is and stuff like that space time continuum is to do with um how time moves on mm. and how at any point in time things could be affected if you go back change mm. and then go forward again Oh, of that, that point oh. but this isn't this obviously played on time because time yeah. sped up but it was always going forward it was yeah. never going back yeah, yeah apart from at the end with him being in the mm. in the the tesseract of yeah you know i mean mm. but ignore that for a second his his world building of his films phenomenal yeah nolan is phenomenal with that stuff mm. right um tenet the premise, I can't remember the premise of the film. It's like everything's going backwards. No, no, that's, that. no, sorry, the reason for the premise, oh, sorry. sorry. Yeah. Like, what was the mission of of the um, the main character? I, I've seen it once, I need to watch it again. That's my least favourite Nolan film, I have it's, to be honest. It was a good film, and I love John David Washington yeah. as an actor, but it was it was hard to watch because of the audio mix. Yes. But, all right, let's keep it going. Uh, original screenplay, Anatomy of a Fall, winner of Best Adapted was American Fiction, uh, best leading actress Emma Stone in Poor Things. Come on, um, hold on. Best leading, uh, Cillian, uh, Killian Murphy in Best Leading Actor, right? Yeah, there we go. Oppenheimer. Oh, Barry, uh, he missed out on Salt. Oh, Barry got nominated for Saltburn. Well done to him. Paul Giamatti is a beast of an actor. Ah, oh, Coleman Domingo, yeah, is a fantastic actor. He's in Rustin. He's been about, bruv. You've seen him in stuff maybe from back in the day. I remember him in, he's been in the recent Candyman film. Um, what else is he done? Have a look. Let's see. Oh, God. He's been, he's been about, what, Lincoln? Uh, yep. Let's see what, I'm trying to see what films I've actually seen here. Selma. Selma. Yep. Yep. Is that... Um, Transformers. Where? He was in Rise of the Beast. Oh, his voice is in Rise of the Beast. Oh, yeah, okay. But Coleman Domingo in Rustin. Rustin is about the movie about the Million Man March, but the man who had to organize it. Oh, right. Coleman Domingo is now come up as like, you remember when, you remember when um, Jonathan Majors, for some people, just crept out of nowhere? Mm hmm. Yeah. Coleman Domingo's been like that, but he's been active for donkey's years. Oh, right. Right. Also, I think he hasn't had the shine as being a, of a, being a leading man in some of the big films that we would recognize because mm -hmm. um, he's he's he himself is gay. G-A-Y, not G-A-Z-E. <laughs> right. He himself is gay. And I think when it comes to leading man roles in a lot of the big films mm -hmm. that he would be perfect for. Yeah. 
I, I don't oft, I don't know if this is necessarily um, in his what he puts out when he says, mm. but I think they haven't cast him as much because he he often gets often gets cast in films where he can play a gay character because he can bring that to life really really well. Mm. So like a Jonathan Majors wouldn't necessarily play the roles that Coleman would, yeah. But Jonathan might get um, a movie where he like in um, the harder they fall mm. will get the main role. Because in that he's um, a heterosexual man, yeah. and there's a woman who's a love interest. But Coleman in that role would body that role as well. <laughs> but if there's a movie where he has to present himself as a man who is gay, mm. body the role. Yeah, such a good actor. Body the role. Scroll up, and a very nice guy when you hear him talk as well. <laughs> very very nice guy. I've never. I don't know. Um, you don't hear much. He's look, look look how look how he looks and look what shape he's in, right? Yeah. Now look at his age. How old is he? He's, oh no! How old? Fifty-four. Fifty-four years old. Wow. Fifty-four years old. That's crazy. See what not having kids does for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh uh, mate. All right, but yeah, he got nominated for Rustin, Emily Blunt for supporting actress. Divine Joy Randolph in The Holdovers. Oh, I love that for her. Do you know who Divine Joy Randolph is? No. She's in the Origins of New Black. Oh, no her face then. She is. Oh, okay. Wait, is she? No, she's not. I don't. I'll take it back. She's in The Idol. Not Origins of New Black. She's in Rustin as well. Oh, i take it back. I messed up there, boy. Oh, nah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Divine Joy Randolph. Sorry about that. Oh. Wait, who are you thinking of? I'm what, like... I like um I can't remember her name. I'm I'm too embarrassed to have to correct myself <laughs> on that one. I was wrong. My bad. I was wrong. RDJ won for best supporting, but let me see see that Ryan Gosling was nominated for Barbie in that mm. as well. Um De Niro for Killers of the Flower Moon. All right, best casting. Yeah, holdovers. Cinematography, Oppenheimer, of course. Editing, Oppenheimer, of course. Costume design, poor, poor things. things. Makeup and hair, poor things. Ooh. Original score, Oppenheimer. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's... Poor things again, production. Poor things is a big winner here. I ain't seen it. Well, sure no, I kept it. seeing it being advertised. Yeah. Scroll down for best sound. Zone, Zone of interest. Special effects. Come on. Come on. Poor things. Okay. What are you hoping for there? Um, I thought maybe Guardians 3. Oh, okay. Because Guardians 3 had... Remember the, the, the emotions they had to portray in all oh, of the animals? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And you actually believe that these were real animals? Mm. All right, keep scrolling down. I forgot about that one. Really a short film, Jellyfish and Lobster. E.E. Rising Star, Mia McKenna, Bruce. Do you know who that is? No. I'm terrible. Screw Wait, why did that name sound familiar? <laughs> oh, she's in How to Have Sex. Okay, seen that. Interesting. No, get even. That's where I've seen her from. Get even. Oh. Yeah. Oh, she's. Yeah, me and McKenna Bruce is in Get Even. I've seen that film. Oh, and Tracy Beaker as well. Oh my god, that's crazy. Shut up. Tracy Beaker returns. I should. Oh, say. the thing. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. She yeah. has this. This girl has been around since two thousand and nine. Yeah, bro. All the rising stars that you see. Yeah. Like, I think Lashana won one a couple of years ago. Oh right. Okay. I think Lashana won one couple of years ago and yeah. Lashana's been around acting for a long time. Wait, did the, I'm sure Lashana won Rising Star 
for one of the years, but Lashana has been around. And that's the thing. It's it's not about how long you've been around. It's when people of a certain size mm. decide to recognize you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's the sad thing because fantastic, fantastic actors and actresses. Yeah, she won Rising Star uh, 2022. All right. 2022. And the thing is, she has been a star for so long. Imagine she's in a Marvel film. Before she won E.E. Rising Star Award. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. She was um in Captain Marvel. Mm. When did that No Time to Die? She came, No Time to Die came out in 2022. She won Rising Star the same year. And she's a main character in that. <laughs> I'm telling you, I don't know. I don't understand what the measure is for Rising Star. Yeah. But Rising Star almost sounds like the award you get for like you're looking like you're on the climb. Mm, yeah. How much bigger do you get than James Bond and Marvel? <laughs> do you see what I'm saying? She's been a fantastic actress. And now she, she's in um, uh, One Love. She plays... Um, Molly's uh, wife. Uh, how can, uh, not, I was going to say Coretta Scott King. What's wrong with me? Oh my God. How can I forget the wife? What's wrong? Rita. Rita Marley. Rita Marley. I was going to say Coretta. That's Coretta Scott King. I'm thinking of all the amazing wives of some of these amazing people. Rita Marley. Oh, that was that was crazy. She's still alive, Rita Marley. Yeah, Rita Marley's still alive. Oh, nice. Okay. I saw an interview with Lashana where she was saying that she had to sit, that she spoke to um, Rita. All right. And was had like a spiritual kind of... Mm. She felt like a spiritual connection with her. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons she felt more and more comfortable taking the role. Mm. But she didn't. None of them, like, this is a, such a huge icon to portray mm -hmm. that you can't just say yes and then act it out. Yeah, nothing. Yeah. Like Kingsley Benadir was talking about that. He said that she, they had recordings of Bob that he's just been sitting to sitting down to listening to for months, year up to a year now, maybe. Mm just so he can get the voice down and all the small oh, nuances, right? Because yeah. remember, Bob passed away in his 30s. Mm. So all of the voices and the tones and the inflections, not just from interviews, but from just hearing Bob in all aspects, mm. they obviously had access to because they sat down with Rita and obviously his kids, like um, Ziggy and all of that lot. Yeah. It's crazy. Imagine having to portray one of the biggest stars in, in history culture oh, yeah pressure. man jeez but yeah man well done to all the people that won shout out to those who got nominated not like you listen to me tell you this anyway. <laughs> coughing up like that bro sorry that was all right how long what are we on the clock uh one hour and 26 hey get on patreon ladies and gentlemen we've spoken yeah. a lot about stuff which has been personal for us with the tour and stuff get on patreon we're gonna sign off for this bit Sign up to Patreon at orystyler.co.uk. Click on the Patreon button or go to patreon.com forward slash orystyler. We're going to continue this bit of the pod uh, on there. Also, we will continue uh, this week with more behind the scenes stuff that will pop up on Patreon from the tour, from anything that's leading up to the tour. Tomorrow I'm in Sheffield. Tomorrow from today. So today, actually, when this comes out, I'm on my way to Sheffield. So yeah, man, it's, it's looking good. What else are we to talk about oh we'll talk about it on the patreon won't we? yeah yeah all right let's sign out of this bit uh orystyler.co.uk tickets are out for the tour big up yourself to everybody that's on it so far shout out to trudge trudge big up yourself bigging up myself right now 
you had to think about how to big up yourself, didn't I you? I did, yeah. I was thinking, how do I actually do that? That's Not hilarious. Asked me to big myself up, so here I am. Ah, nah, nah, <laughs> that's hilarious. All right, we'll sign out this bit. We'll catch you guys uh, on Patreon. Uh, it's Respectfully Podcast. Uh, peace. Respectfully. Respectfully.